Well, good morning, church family. I want to thank um, Israel and Julie for sharing with us this morning and even in relation to what they shared and where they find themselves today is actually part of what I'm going to be speaking to as we kind of find ourselves at another point of transition in uh, how we do church. Uh, and I've entitled my sermon today, The Importance of Corporate Worship and Fellowship. Uh, because I think it's something that we need to consider. It's something that we need to speak to from uh, the Bible to see just how important it is for us to gather together as believers in Jesus Christ. Because there, there was never an intention for there to be individual Christians isolated from one another. Uh, and we've seen some of that in, in relation to where we even find ourselves today. But as we consider uh, some of the things that we've been facing, we, we can't miss the fact that we have experienced an impact on each and every one of us as people. You know, as we take a look at where we are uh, in our country today, as we take a look at ourselves as citizens of this world in which God has created, we've been impacted. As you remember back to the month of March, as we were hearing uh, about this uh, COVID virus that was going to be coming potentially to our country, uh, because it had been seen elsewhere in the world, we were originally told that millions were going to die from COVID. Uh, and as a result, you know, it, it put uh, us as a body of believers into a position where we had to consider this uh, pandemic that was in its infant stages to look at it and say as leadership, uh, what are we going to do as a result of this? Because we don't want to needlessly expose people to dying uh, as a result of the spread that would come from gathering together as believers in Jesus Christ. But here we are uh, at the end of the month of August. Uh, we are many months, five months to be exact, past the time of when things began to shut down, uh, where we found ourselves literally eight weeks without gathering together as a body in this building or just anywhere as a body of believers. But thankfully, only 1.5% of the population of our state of Connecticut actually came down with the COVID virus. That's not the amount of people that actually died from it, but that's how many actually, you know, contracted the virus. And thankfully, as we take a look at our nation as a whole, only 0.1% of the people in our country actually died with COVID. Uh, and any death, obviously, is not something that is welcome. But we know scripturally that each one of us has an appointment with death. And after that, judgment. Because uh, these frail bodies that, as you see, the one standing before you here this morning, will one day perish. Because my outer body is, is wearing away. Uh, it is not the same as it was when I was even 40 years old or 30 years old or 20 years old. And so we know that that's a reality that we are all going to face. We don't know what it's going to be like uh, when we die. The thing is, is that this virus is just one of, of many things that plague mankind because of sin in the world. But it not only impacted the people in our world, but also our church gatherings. Uh, because as I've already mentioned, back in March, we were enjoying gathering together as a group of believers. God was blessing us as a church family, as our church was actually growing spiritually and numerically. Uh, where we had uh, averaging about 170 people coming each Sunday morning. And very quickly, without notice, that was going to change because we, we found ourselves, you know, on March the 15th as the last Sunday that we gathered together with unhindered worship. 
Uh, now, we did, as a result of that challenge, end up having to face some different realities, things that we did not know in relation to figuring out how do we minister to our, our church family, knowing that uh, there's a possibility uh, with what was reported that this virus was going to take millions of lives. And so that's why we ended up starting to record services and putting things out on social media and on the internet for you to be able to still be ministered to because you are part of Ellington Baptist Church, this local body of believers. And so on May the 17th, as we began to see that things were not as bad as what they were predicting, that we decided as leadership to go ahead and start having services once again. And we were one of the few churches in our area that actually met physically. We, we took the, the suggestions of our local government and we social distanced. We set the sanctuary up in a different manner so that we could still gather together and worship. Uh, because there is a sense in which uh, we'll speak to in a few moments that it's important for us to gather together. We need that fellowship. We were not meant to be individual Christians without there being that fellowship one with another. Uh, and we met that way for six weeks, and we averaged about 43 people total that that, that came you know, realizing that some could not uh, and made the difficult decision to, to, to stay home. And then on June 28th, uh, we added a second service, which was outside. And, you know, the Lord blessed and it, it opened up the door for us to uh, to be able to minister that much more to our, our church family, the way that God intends in Scripture for us to be able to gather together and to minister, to disciple one another, to encourage one another. And since we, we started that second service, we've averaged about 94 between the two services. But as you can see, that's still only a very uh, small percentage of our church family uh, because of everything that this uh, impact of this virus has had upon us. But you know, something else that I noticed too, that there was an impact on personal preference. And I'd like to read a scripture to you because I, I was able to experience this firsthand as I watched the, the body of Christ, the local assembly of Ellington Baptist Church, do biblical things in order to actually face this, this pandemic. In Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, it says this, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy... Complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. I saw firsthand where the, the church family did exactly that. Because, you know, this, this whole pandemic, this whole COVID pandemic, I can't think of any other word to say, virus that actually came into our country put believers in Jesus Christ into a precarious position. Because we, we had to decide, okay, what are we able to do and to do so thinking of others above ourselves, but at the same time obeying the commands of getting together and worshiping corporately before the Lord. Uh, because God established a church for a reason. Uh, it's not about the building, which we established early on. But the fact is, it is about the people that are in that church, who is the head of that church, who is the foundation of that church, which we know is Jesus Christ and, and God himself. 
And as we take a look at this, I know that there were people that made the difficult decision to not come to church, to not meet because they found themselves actually as in their profession having to take care of many people that came down uh, and contracted the COVID virus. So instead of, of making it so that others uh, would feel uncomfortable knowing that these individuals were, you know, you know, serving the, the populace at large, they decided to stay home uh, and to, to actually be ministered to through the, the live streaming and through other ways that they could still be a part of our church family, but think of others above themselves. We know, too, that even in relation to the mandates that started coming and kept changing and were in fluid as they moved forward, that masks were not necessary. Masks were necessary. Masks will help, but they, they only help uh, others and not yourself. Just a, a lot of data just embarded uh, our, our world. Uh, and I saw people making the, the sacrifice uh, to decide to join together and to wear a mask when they'd much rather not. Uh, and I, I saw people that came to church, even though they are were in that category of very high risk, but were doing everything that they could and were trusting us as their church family to respect their wishes uh, and to still be a part of the, the larger body of Christ as uh, known as Ellington Baptist Church. So I was able to see firsthand let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. And so I compliment you as Ellington Baptist Church, as part of the family of God here in Ellington, for what you did in relation to that. But one of the things is that we've, we've found ourselves farther into this and, and seeing what the impact that it's had on not only people, but our church gatherings and even on per, personal preference. I need to remind you of some things biblically. Because I want you to understand the importance of corporate worship and fellowship. Because although we are individual believers, we are one body in Christ. Romans chapter 12 verses 4 and 5 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So as we take a look at Ellington Baptist Church, we are all individual members of one body. And so when one part of our body is suffering, the whole body suffers. When one part of our body is rejoicing and enjoying life that we have, then the rest of the body does likewise because we are individuals of one body. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. And see, that's the important part that we need to see is that we are a living body of believers. Now, I'm not talking about the universal church that goes outside of Ellington Baptist Church. I'm talking about our local fellowship. We do have connection with every believer that's on the face of this planet through the blood of Jesus Christ. But there is a special home that we have here at Ellington Baptist Church that we enjoy just like many of the other churches that surround us in, in, in our communities around and in our state and in our nation. But see, as we take a look at the, the word of God, we need to understand that we were meant to gather together. We weren't meant to have to stay at home. We weren't meant to, you know, uh, as good as technology is and, and, and it has its purpose and in its time, 
But the, the truth is, is that we were meant to get together and that sitting at home watching live stream is not the end of all of this. And we are at a point now where we, we have more knowledge and we're seeing things for how they truly are. And we need to remember from the Bible what that means in relation to our worship. You know, we will continue to provide some of the new things that we have established because we found better ways to minister when we aren't able to get together. But that is not meant to replace this corporate body. For us to enjoy the corporate worship where we can sing together and hear other people's voices, hear people around you singing out as they, with one mind and one heart, come attuned to who God is and sing praises to him. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 17 through 34, which is a, a scripture that I use every month when we do communion, and uh, which we, we've not been able to do as much, obviously. But we, when we do come together for communion, that passage there is actually sandwiched. It has two bookends to it. Uh, where it speaks to, to things pertaining to communion and how to do communion rightly. Uh, and if you take the time and look at it, five times in that little passage, it says, when you come together or when you come together as a church. And I say that because we, we need to realize is that we were meant to get together. We need each other because we are one body. And when one part is missing, then we are at a disadvantage. When one of us does not have the ability to exercise our spiritual gift in lifting up the rest of the body, we are at a disadvantage. And so as we think about what the Word of God says, and, and we can even look going back to the very uh, beginning in relation to the, the New Testament church, uh, there was a, a fellowship of believers uh, and in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Well, that word fellowship there in the Greek is the word koinonia. Uh, and it means sharing things with one another. There are things that we have the opportunity to share as we gather together in this building or anywhere we gather together in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, but we share in something that we cannot share in or have difficulty sharing in when we are separated. And that's something that, that God you know, understands and, and he actually ends up blessing when we come together because verses 46 through 47 go on to say in Acts chapter 2 and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they received their food with glad and generous hearts praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So they didn't have an established church building that they you know came together in but you know, groups of people that were not related necessarily by blood, but were related because of the blood of Jesus Christ came together for the purpose of worshiping together in one mind and one heart, the one true God. And there's something that to be said about that coming together. And matter of fact, as they were praising God and having favor with all people, a result of them coming together and living out their faith and sharing in that faith together, what did God do? He added to their number. People were getting saved because they were living outwardly their faith in Jesus Christ. And God blessed that in a very special way. 
Just a couple more thoughts in closing. Because what, what does this coming together foster? I think it's a good question for us to understand. And this is not a, a uh, you know, every example because time is short. And so I want to give you three. There's three things I want you to see uh, as we close out our time together this morning. Because what does this coming together, what does this assembling as this local body of believers, as Ellington Baptist Church, as we gather together, whether it's under this roof in this room, whether it is in Bible studies in the cry room behind here, whether it's gathering on the lawn next to the parsonage, as we have a chance to, to worship together, whether it's playing games and doing stuff and teaching the young people of our church, whatever that looks like, however that is, is you know, flushed out, what does this coming together foster? Well, the first thing I think we can take right out of Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, that there's a special closeness with God that happens when we gather together as the church on the one sure foundation with Christ as the head. It says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I among them. Now we need to remember that as believers in Jesus Christ, we are given the Holy Spirit as the seal to uh, until the day of redemption. We each have the Spirit of God in us and, and helping us to live the Christian life that we've been called to. But there's a special thing that happens when we gather together. And when the Spirit in each one of the believers gathers together, God's presence is fills the place because it is all about Him. When church does honor and glorify God. That doesn't mean that every church does that. But as uh, this local assembly, we seek to glorify God through everything that we do. We don't just do things to be busy. We don't just do things so that we can say, look at what we do. We do things for the glory of God, for the building up of the body of Christ. Which brings me to the second point, is that it is also an opportunity to encourage one another. You know, one of the, 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 the biggest struggles as a pastor as I've, I've been able to assess everything that I've worked through, is trying to encourage people where they are during this pandemic. It has been very difficult because you're reminding people of truths they already know, but yet they're being told and their, their ears are being filled with other things that cause them to, you know, for whatever reason, you know, take their gaze off of the Lord for a little while. And the thing is, is that, you know, each week, Every one of us finds ourselves under that kind of attack. And that's why it is necessary for us to gather together, because we have the opportunity to encourage each other. That's what part of the fellowship is. That's what part of the worship is, is coming together with people of like precious faith and, and being filled with, you know, the worship of God together. I'm not alone. But you know, this pandemic created an environment where that was very difficult. Yes, you could watch it over a recording or eventually to a live stream, but it's not the same. And it should never be settled for as the new, and I hate to use this word, status quo or the new normal. Because there is a scriptural mandate, something that we need to watch and something that we need to heed is that when we come together. When we come together as a church, because we need that encouragement. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25, and let us consider how to stir one another 
uh, to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Well, you know, that day is drawing even nearer. Because we are, for a rounded figure, 2,000 years into time, uh, past the writing and penning of this word on paper. And the thing is, is we, we find ourselves drawing near that as we find our faith in Jesus Christ coming under attack, even in our own country. We need to get together. We need to encourage one another. We need to lift one another up. It says, not neglecting the meeting of ourselves together. Now, there is a season for everything. And we've been through that season as we started out. And, and as more information came through, uh, that is, is why we, we are making some changes in, in relation to what we, we do and how worship is going to look. Realizing that we are a living body and that living body needs to be fed. That living body needs to come together. That living body has a purpose. That is for the purpose of stirring one another up for love and good works. Because there are people in need. And there are going to be people that even in our church family that are not going to be able to come. And we understand that. And they need to understand that we love them even even if they're unable to come because they're still part of our, our body, part of our family. Finally, um, out of Ephesians chapter 4. And I told you there was only three things. And the third one has multiple aspects to it. So I, I, I only gave you partial information. But the third thing is, is, you know, what does this coming together foster? It, it fosters an equipping, a building, a maturing, a guarding, and a joining of the body together. Listen to what Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 4. He says, And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves uh, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, the whole body, is joined and held together. So Christ is what holds us together. He is the commonality, but not common at all, because he is the very Son of God. But he is the one that brings us together. It is by his blood that we are joined together, and it is by his power that we are joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. See, there's a purpose for the church. And the thing is, every day of the week, every time you are outside of this building, and even sometimes when you're inside this building, you have to remember that our enemy is constantly engaging at war. He doesn't want us to be equipped. He does not want us to be built up. He does not want us to mature in the faith. He doesn't want us to be guarded from clever schemes of man. He does not want the body joined together because when the body comes together, 
And when God is at the center of that as the one who is giving it power and is holding it together, it is a amazing force. Because our God is almighty. Because our God changes lives. And the thing is, that is the biggest thing that threatens Satan. Is a church that gathers together, that encourages one another, that experiences that special closeness to God. Because we have the ability through the power of God in each and every one of us, but also the power of God as we gather together corporately to impact the world and to show the lies and the untruths and everything that the world represents. We do that, yes, imperfectly, but remember the God that is in you is perfect. And he is going to continue to affect change. And so as we take a look at this, I, I want our church family to understand that there is a place and a time for everything under heaven, as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. But there is also a, a, an important time at which we need to realize that at some point, even those things that are for a time can become detrimental. We need to get together. And we need to do so, and we will, we will do so responsibly, but we need to get together. And so with that said, as we take a look at the future and realizing, you know, we went to two services. <clears throat> we have this service, and then in, in, in 40 minutes, we're going to be doing a second service, which we'll be meeting outside. But we'll be meeting outside for the last time because we know that fall is coming. And that means potentially rain, that means colder weather, and eventually snow. And yes, I did say the four-letter word, snow. It does exist, trust me. I, I shoveled many cubic yards of it in Alaska. So with that in mind, as we take a look at the, this coming fall, we are, we are taking strides to, to, gather together, to gather together once again, uh, even more so than we are now. So for this service at 9 a.m., nothing's going to change because it's going to be exactly the way it's been. You'll notice that the seating has changed a little bit. And as God blesses, as our church family returns, and even those that are trying to figure out everything in relation to what's going on and are, are you know, looking for, for answers, come and join us. Um, we have kind of transformed the sanctuary as well as the rest of the building so that we have overflow in Sunday school rooms, the cry room in the back, and actually the entire children's church room has been set up so that we can actually live stream into that room while we're meeting for the purpose of even more people coming together and experiencing the fellowship. Because it's not the same as sitting in your living room watching over the internet. It's never meant to be that. And so do not neglect the coming of yourself together. And two, realize this. I know there's going to be exceptions to this because of where each individual is in this body. But know you are still part of our body. That we love you and that we can't wait until the time comes where we won't have these hindrances. Where we'll be able to gather together unhindered. So the, the 1030 service starting next Sunday is going to be moved inside. And it's going to stay the same as it is as we meet outside. The only caveat to that is that we're asking people to wear masks as they come into the building and as they exit the building. Uh, and we will uh, practice social distancing, and the, the setup will be the same as you see it here. 
But on top of that, uh, whether you realize it or not, we still have been having prayer meeting every week over Zoom. And the thing is, we, we are at a point where we're going to start meeting back in the church building. Because we can socially distance and we can make everyone, wherever they are in relation to this pandemic, feel as though we are not neglecting them in some way or not taking into consideration where they are and how they're embracing this. And so prayer meeting starting on September the 13th will be here at church at 5 o'clock. The men's Bible study is going to start up either the 14th or the 21st, and it will meet here at church. And again, social distancing will be maintained. Two women's Bible studies are starting up, one on 916 at 10 a.m. here in the church, as well as one on 923 that will be in the evening on Wednesdays as well at 7 p.m. Young adults has been meeting through this entire time. Uh, and they will continue to keep meeting. The teen youth group, which we did an effective VBS uh, this past July, uh, will start up on the 13th. And we are working through and thinking outside the box of how we can do that and do it safely. But we're going to get together because we need to. Because we are a living body. Uh, and we need that encouragement. We need everything that I've spoken to this morning. Uh, and there'll be some other things that'll be coming down the, the road, the other ministries that we did before that we still need a little bit of time to figure out exactly how we're going to do it. One of which is Olympians, uh, because we got to make sure that we're going to be able to do it, you know, taking into consideration everything that we should as we consider the whole body, because whatever decision we make as leadership affects the whole body. And we know that, and we're trying our very best to do right by first God, and then write by everyone else. Uh, so pray for us as we do that. And with that said, let's just close in a word of prayer. Gracious Father, we do thank you that you, through your Son, Jesus Christ, love us like you do. That we have the opportunity to say amen to your word, to your truth, to uh, your church. Because uh, we have the opportunity to see for the very first time through spiritual eyes that see who you are, the holy God who made all. And Lord, as we consider the future of, of our church uh, body, this local assembly, this body of believers that is one, uh, Lord, I pray that you would uh, work in each and every heart, that you, you would help each one of us to see what part and how we can reintegrate and do so in a right manner, making sure that we continue as the church has already to think not only on their own interests, but on the interest of others. And Lord, we will give you the honor, the praise, and the glory. And we uh, pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.